Blog Talk Radio.
Welcome to our Friday night broadcast of Prayer International Radio. I'm your host, Sean Holmberg. For the next hour, we're here to uh, pray for you, intercede for the nations. If you have a prayer request, give us a call. Our call-in number is 619-638-8458. We have a chat room open at blogtalkradio.com forward slash prayer international. So, um... It's interesting how we actually um, end up living out the scriptures, and um, each of us can actually see our lives through the scriptures that are written. Um, and um, everything we um, hear about, and um, whether it's through church sermons or whatever, um, even in my own life, I can see so many different areas where the Lord has placed me in situations. Um, or allowed me to move into situations that would cause me to need to walk in faith and to stamp out in faith. Um, you know, we talk about faith a lot on this show. Um, usually it's in reference to prayer and for healings and de- deliverances, um, the restorations of marriage. And we talk a lot about trusting God in prayer and believing that He's going to fulfill His word, not only in our lives, but Um, fulfill his word and the lives of those that we come in contact with, our friends, our family, everybody like that. Um, But, you know, sometimes faith, and I think we talked about this the other night about uh, having a walk of faith. And, you know, the Bible says uh, man will plan his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. And then it says the steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. This is in Ephesians chapter 2, that we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And, um, you know, sometimes we have um, situations or um, paths to take. Um, You know, the best way to describe it is, someone made this analogy to me once, is that, you know, in our lives, um, there's five million choices that we're confronted with as a, um, do I want to like go to this, take this job? Do I want to take this job? Do I want to do this or this? And, you know, in the long run, usually there's not many wrong answers as long as we're living righteously and, um, through our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, walking in the spirit and being sensitive to the Holy Spirit, um, so that we don't grieve him with any of our actions. and But in general, most decisions we make on a daily basis um, are just that, they're decisions. And I'm a firm believer that our decisions have um, consequences, sometimes good, sometimes not. Um, we do know that our obedience to the Father almost always results in a blessing to our own lives and to our families. And our obedience to hear the voice of, the, of God and to obey his voice, um, regardless of what the situation is, um, results in a blessing that usually we can't even begin to comprehend or understand. And when we take steps of faith to um, trust him and to take our lives and walk in our lives in such a way that they're constantly with the um, 
thought process in mind that we're going to live by faith and we're going to trust the Lord regardless of what happens. Um, there's blessings that come along with that. Now, the Lord blesses us regardless. Um, the Bible says, um, one of the scriptures we quote a lot on the show is that, um, it says in Hebrews, and we'll probably read it in a little bit, it says, he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Seek him. And, you know, um, throughout the Old Testament, whenever um, the Lord did something, um, men and women of God would create altars to the Lord and they would call him by a name descriptive of his character in that situation and his personality in that situation. Um, where they would say he's Jehovah Rapha, um, the Lord God, our healer, or Jehovah uh, Jireh, God our provider, the Lord our provider, or um, Jehovah Sisinu, which is, I believe that was the Lord our righteousness, or the Lord our banner. Um, and so um, it says that those who come to God must believe that he is. Um, and so first you come to the knowledge of that he is, I mean, everything about him, what he is, what he does, um, what his character speaks of um, toward our life, um, that he's faithful, just, righteous, holy. Um, and then once you have that established, which even that will take eternity to get to the point of actually knowing this amazing creator that we have an honor to serve, who sent his own son to die for the sins of the world, that we may have eternal life. And um, so we we come to him first, knowing that he is. But then getting to the point of that he um, is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, is usually the stumbling, stumbling block most people have. Um, because, you know, someone had written once on a wall, I saw, it said that God blesses me not because I'm good, but because he's good. And because it's part of his very nature. And if we're going to come to the Father, we have to believe not only that he is, but we have to believe that he is who he says he is. And that he, his word is um, the truth. And that when the Lord says something, he's not going to lie. He's not going to change his mind. He said, um, I am the Lord God, I change if not. It says he's the same yesterday and today and forever. And through the scriptures and through studying the scriptures, um, the Bible says study to show yourself approved. Through studying the word of God, you get an insight into his character. And you learn that he is a rewarder. He's a blesser. He is wanting to lavish his affection um, upon his children. Always wanting the best for us. He said, um, I know the thoughts I think for you, thoughts of good and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. It says in Corinthians, it says, I has not seen or your heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love him. And so, for the most part, God blesses us. Um, but, you know, I wanted to talk tonight a little bit, not about the general blessing of God. I mean, the Bible says that we've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ and the blessings and the gifts of God that are poured out upon the children of the kingdom, which is us, because it says we've been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, and we've been adopted into the family of the living God and called sons and daughters of the Most High God. And it says that we're no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow saints with the citizen member, citizens and members of the household of God. And, you know, when, it, when the Bible says things like that, that we're no longer strangers and foreigners, 
but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. It doesn't mean if you feel like it. It means that's the way it is. Once you've been born again and you've surrendered your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, it says, old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. It says we are new creations in Christ Jesus. And so regardless of what your feelings are and the extent of what you believe, there is still the case of that's who the Bible declares you are. And it's not based on your emotions. It's not based on your feelings or your expectations or your past experiences. It's purely based on the Word of God. And just like we come to God, believe who He is and believe what He is and what He says His character and personality is like and what He actually does, we must also believe what He says about us. And... um. But tonight I wanted to talk about, you know, there's another type of blessing, and there's, and it's a blessing, which it sort of goes hand in hand, but there's a blessing that comes through our obedience in Christ. Um, you know, the Bible says that he learned obedience through suffering, and um, that Jesus learned obedience through suffering. And, you know, it says that despising the, that he endured the cross despising the shame and it says for the for all of it was because of the joy that was set before him and the bible talks in ephesians about there's an inherent he has an inheritance in the saints um and what that means is that you know the lord jesus christ died um on the cross for the sins of the world becoming the high priest um and taking all the punishment and the weight of the sin that we rightfully deserved and he took it and placed it upon himself so that we could be called the righteousness of God and we could be declared that we are holy and without spot before him and we could be called the pure and spotless bride of Christ um, not through our own actions but through the blood of Jesus Christ and all this he did for the joy that was set before him which was his inheritance which was the restored relationship to the children of the father to the men and women um of this world that it says whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved and you know that was his inheritance it's actually the restored relationship that the father would receive with us because um, we were once enemies and strangers and now we are accepted into the beloved um, it says come boldly to the throne of grace in which you are accepted in the time of need and so Jesus lived his life in a manner of obedience um, to the Father because of he understood that there was a joy, there was a blessing, there was a promised land on the other side of his acts of obedience upon this earth. And, you know, because he had the choice to go different directions. He didn't have to go to the garden. He didn't have to get on the cross. Um he told them, he told the disciples, I could call down legions of angels if I wanted to. But he didn't because he knew that the Father had given him a command. And that the Father, he said, I have come not to do my own will, but the will of the Father. He said, not my will, but your will be done. And he um, did everything for something that was going to happen after he had to walk through obedience. And so even in our own lives, we have... Um, areas um and they're they're different for all of us where we have an urging of the holy spirit or we just have a feeling or some of us may have even received direct words from the lord that if where the lord has sort of led us into specific directions and has said okay i want you to go this way well you know you don't always have to go 
any specific way. Um, but when we're obedient to the Lord, it makes the path smooth. Um, the Word of God says that the Bible is a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. You know, the children of Israel could have gone straight to the Promised Land. Um, and we use the children of Israel a, a lot in our examples um, on this program because um, the, the whole story of the children of Israel um, being in bondage um, to Egypt, um, even before that, if you back up to when they were born, um, or before the, right, the foundation of the children of Israel, of Jacob and the children and the twelve sons, is that there was a promise spoken over these children and over the genealogy. And so just much the same way in our own lives that we learned um, through Jeremiah, where God said, before I knew you, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And so later on in life, the children of Israel are stuck in bondage to Egypt, and they're longing to be free from their bondage. And at the fullness of time, um, the Lord God comes to Moses, um, gives him a direct command um, to go speak to Pharaoh. And through the process, um, the children of Israel are released. And at that point, they could have gone straight to the promised land. And, the, and you know, it says that he was following them. I mean, he was leading them and guiding them. Um, but even though they had the ability to go straight to the promised land, they took another direction and they went around a mountain. Um, but they didn't have to. And they, there was a lot of trials and struggles and um, things they had to deal with um, because of their inability to discern the voice of the Lord, because of their inability to be obedient when he says to go this direction or do this. Um, but on the other side of their obedience, there was a greater blessing, I believe, um, being able to get the fullness of the prize because um, not all the children of Israel who started off on the journey made it I mean for 40 years they wandered in the wilderness um, wondering why the Lord God had not taken them and fulfilled his word but in reality he had been trying the whole time to get them to the place of fulfilling his word and you know sometimes the Lord speaks words into our lives and um, we may not necessarily comprehend or understand what the word means we have an idea in our head, and we see a promised land in the distance, but we don't understand the journey that it's going to take from now until we get to that place. We don't know the workings, um, the things that the Lord God is going to have to do to us to prepare us to be in the place to receive the promised land. Because, um, you know, sometimes the Lord wants to put you in a place of authority or a place of honor or um, a place of responsibility. But spiritually, you may not be ready to be in that place. And we'd all like to say that we are. But the truth is only the Lord God it says that he judges the heart. He doesn't judge by our appearance, but he judges our hearts. He judges by righteous judgment. And so the Lord God knows um, what's inside of a man. Jesus said, um, and Jesus even said that, he knew what was inside of men. And so the Lord has to usually go through some shaping and molding and process. I'm refining this in a fire. Um, if that's a good way to put it. To get us to the place that we are actually being able to stand in a blessing and stand in a vision the Lord wants us to have. Um, and we can either go straight there, which is sometimes painful, um, because 
because we have to be pruned as trees that bear fruit. Um, usually have to be pruned in, in our own lives. The Lord has to prune us. He has to remove different things in our lives that aren't bringing him glory and honor, um, things that can detract and pull our attention and our focus away from him. Um, and so there's a quick way, and then there's a not-so-quick way. And the end result, um, regardless of which way we go, is sooner or later we're going to stand before the throne of the living God and we're going to be in eternity with him. The question is, what do we do with this life between the first moment till the last moment, which can come at any time, or it can come 100 years down the road. Um, And when it comes to obedience and faith, they sort of go hand in hand. Um, Because we're commanded to believe him. We're commanded to believe in who he is. We're commanded to believe his word. And, you know, our faith tells us to be obedient. Um, That when the word of God declares something, if we believe it's the word of God, um, which we should, then we are obedient to follow his word despite what we may think or feel or um, or what we perceive about the situation we're currently living in. Abraham, for example, um, was going about his daily life, and the Lord God said, um, get out from the land um, that you're at, leave your family, leave everybody behind, um, everything you know, everything you care about, everything you've had up until this point in your life. Um, and I think Abraham was actually, um, I believe, if I'm right, he was in his 80s around the time that the Lord showed up. Um, he definitely wasn't a young man. Okay? He was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Um, you know, 75 years old is a very, very um, long time nowadays. Um, in recent times, I mean, people don't even live usually past 100. But here we have Abraham who was 75 years old, had lived his entire life before the Lord God started him on this process. And, um, you know, he said, Abraham, leave it all. Just drop it. Follow me. You know, Jesus said the same thing. Um, He he came up to the fishermen, um, the 12 disciples, who were, they were fishermen and a tax collector. They were all doing their lives. He had lived their whole lives, um, doing whatever they've been doing, and all of a sudden the Lord God showed up and said, okay, drop it all, leave your net, follow me. And he said the same thing to Abraham. And But he said, I'm going to bless you. And it's not like he wasn't already blessed and the Lord wasn't already providing for him, but there was a greater blessing, there was a greater anointing, a greater um, revelation to receive. But it took obedience, it took a step of obedience and following the Lord in a specific direction and learning for Abraham to learn to listen to the voice of the Father and to follow that voice when the Lord God said to do something. And so Abraham had to go out, leave everything left behind to go to a place and he didn't know where he was going. It was just that the Lord God was going to show him which direction to go and he was going to go. And, you know, he did have some some trials and tribulations and he had um even he had issues where he wasn't always completely obedient to the Lord. But through the process, the Lord got him to where he, um, where the Lord had promised. And the Lord kept coming up, showing up, coming up, and saying, you know, I, I'm going to bless you. I'll never leave you for, nor forsake you. And reaffirming his word to Abraham. And on the other side of Abraham's obedience, 
every nation of the earth became blessed. And, um, and so, you know, um, I said all that because, you know, when the Lord says something to you or you feel the Lord saying something to you, you should always take the time to really inquire of him, to seek him out, to spend time in his presence, to um, get the revelation, get the discernment, get the, um, the um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I don't know what it is, but, you know, if you think the Lord is saying something to you, and, you know, the Bible says in the multitude of counselors there is safety. So there's never anything wrong with taking something that you feel like the Lord God said to you, whatever it is, and taking it in front of your um, friends and family and members of the body of Christ, those who you trust to hear the voice of God, and taking it to them and seeing what they feel and having them go inquire of the Lord for you. And there's nothing wrong with that um, because we're not individual members. Um, each one of us um, on our own serving the Lord. We're one body, and we're supposed to be working together in every aspect of the work um, to help each other out, to exalt and encourage and lift each other up. We should never at any time be um, doing anything but exalting and exhorting and, um, and lifting each other up. And... Um, so you get a word from the Lord, and then you have to learn to be obedient to it. And then you have to learn that there's also timing that goes along with it. Because, you know, the Lord will say, say things to you at times, and he'll give you promises, and he'll declare his will into your life. But that doesn't always mean that specific aspects of those things are going to happen the very next day. Um, with Abraham, it said many years. I mean, he ended up being, I believe, 99 years old. Or he was in his 90s when... He had his first child, I believe, um, which was the child that the father had promised him. Because the Lord said, all the nations of the earth through you shall be blessed. But, I mean, he was really, really old. Um, he had waited um, however many years after the initial promise to actually see the promise come into fulfillment. And um, let's see, it says that... Hold on, I'm trying to actually find the exact scripture. Um, and I have absolutely no clue where it's at because this um, the story of Adam and Genesis is pretty far, so I apologize. I was actually trying to figure out exactly how old he was, um, but he was old. Um, we'll see. I'm still looking. I'm still looking. It's in here somewhere. Anyway, but he was old. Um, when he had um, his son. And so, you know, sometimes we get a word from the Lord and we have to wait for that word to see it come to fulfillment. And But that doesn't mean the Lord is slack concerning his promises. It just means that there is a timing that we don't fully comprehend. And it means there's things that the Lord may have to develop in us to get us to a place of receiving the promise. Um, but it all comes through our obedience to follow him regardless of what the outcome we currently see is. You know, sometimes we pray for people on this show fully believing that the Lord heals because we know the word says that by his stripes we are healed. And me and Chris have both firsthand um, seen people um, get healed. And um, with that being said, you know, sometimes we pray for people and they don't get healed right away. 
they don't get healed the second we pray for them. Some people do. Um, it's never because we're great prayers and we can speak really well or we have the right scriptures memorized because it's not ever about what you actually say. It's never about the exact prayer you use. It's about your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ to fulfill his word and to believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him and that he is, he has the character he claimed he has. And, um, but still, even though we don't always see the result the way we would hope it, it doesn't mean the result isn't there. It doesn't mean that the Lord's not actually doing something in his own timing, in his own way. And, you know, you never know when the Lord is, um, when things don't happen exactly the way that we would want them to. You never know if there's a greater blessing on the other side of that. Um, you never know how many other lives are affected by the by the, by someone by someone's life. As far as um, someone can get healed right away, but if it's a longer process, you know there may be a nurse in the hospital that ends up getting saved, who would have never had the has had the opportunity had the person been healed immediately. Um, and so, in all things, we trust the Lord um, and we lean upon His grace and we lean upon His mercy and we give everything over to him and and ask for his will to be done in the way he wants to do it in our lives and in those um, we pray for um, because we believe him at his word and we trust him at his word but we know that we're not God and we know and we know that we don't think as God does because um, we're humans um, it says we have the mind of Christ but we're not him and so he sees he sees things in our lives that we don't always see, and he sees the outcomes that we don't see, and he sees the people that are affected that we don't always see. Because um, a lot of times it's easy to become narrow-sighted and to have sort of a tunnel vision where you think about the one person you're praying for, and you just say, okay, I mean, and that's the only thing you're concerned about. But in reality, there's a lot of times it's not just that one person. It's actually an entire situation. There's family members and there's friends. And there's so many different ways for the Lord to be glorified um, through one person's life, through one salvation or through one healing or through one miracle that doesn't just touch one person but touches many. And... Um, you know, the same thing with the children of Israel. Even though they walked around the desert for 40 years when they could have gone straight there, and the end, re the end result was the Lord was faithful to get them to where he said he was going to get them. And um, the very um, remembrance of their walk with the Lord and their journey of faith and obedience um, has given revelation and insight to the character and the faithfulness of God um, for generations and generations. And so, like, if you flip over to Hebrews, um, chapter 12, or chapter 11, I'm sorry, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by, for by the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. And you know, what it means is, um, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It means that our trust and our belief in what's going to happen isn't based on what we currently see happening. 
you know, when a miracle happens, when the Lord performs a miracle supernaturally and he interjects into the physical realm of this earth to perform a miracle, whether that's someone getting healed or um, someone's marriage being restored or someone being delivered from an addiction, which we've also seen. Um, it's... Um, at one point it's things that are not seen We still believe, we still hope, we still trust in the Lord And then it's actually Seeing the Lord create something Out of nothing, create a miracle When there wasn't one Perform a restorative work And in, in interject in someone's life And to do something That brings glory and honor to his name um, So anyway This is um, For International Radio We need to take a quick break. Our call-in number 619-638-8458. If you need prayer for something, give us a call and we'll be back in just a few minutes.
and all who were thirsty and all who
lift your voice and ask for his presence. As deep cries out 
coming to the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. The old man, if you will. Um, how much are we willing to like lay that down so that the Lord can do a work inside of us? And it says that he'll complete the work he started until the day of Christ. Um, but there's different levels of intimacy with the Lord, um, which come not only from spending time with him, but it also comes through our obedience to him, because it's through our acts of obedience that we learn to discern his voice more. Um, it's through our obedience that we learn to follow him. We learn when he's speaking. Um, we learn when he's leading us in specific directions. And he never just leads us around just because he wants to lead us around. He always does it for specific reasons, um, whether it's so that we can touch or minister to someone that we come in contact with um, that may be on the left, but they're not on the right. Or um, he does it because he wants to bring us into a deeper place of intimacy and in our relationship with him. And, you know, it says that a father will chastise the son that he loves. And it's true. Um, you discipline children that you love um, so they can grow into a full measure of character. And, you know, a, um, and it's never, um, like, um, painless. It's never, like, fun when you're being chastised. But the very fact that we are chastised proves that we're children of God and that he loves us because he's willing to discipline us. He's willing to grow us, to prune us when we need to be pruned, which sometimes that means cutting out things in your life that you may not necessarily be wanting to get rid of. But it's when you're willing to let those things go and let the Lord have his way. Um, you know, when we say, not my will, but your will be done, um, it, it, it's an easy statement to say. It takes like a couple seconds to say it. Um, but living out that in our walk is what's hard. And none of us are, I believe, are completely perfect um, in any stretch of the imagination. Far from it. Um, but we come to the place, or we need to come to the place, I should say, because I don't think we're there yet, um, where when we say, not my will, but your will be done, we are fully convinced um, and fully submitted to him that when we say that, it applies to every aspect of our life, every decision. Um, you know, when the disciples would um, make decisions in the book of Acts, they would say, and it seemed good to us and the Holy Spirit, because they would inquire among themselves, but then they would also inquire of the Lord, of their steps, because they wanted to be fully lined up with his will. And knowing that the direction they needed to go in was fully apparent to the Holy Spirit. And so they trusted him and they leaned upon the Holy Spirit to not only be the comforter, but to be their guide and to get them to the place they needed to go and to be in the will of the Lord. And so, you know, the Bible says that we are being transformed from glory to glory. Um, so it says, we behold as in a mirror the glory of the Lord and are being transformed into his image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. And, you know, part of me, what I think that means is that all of this life, um, for me, for you, for our families, for our friends, um, for everybody um, who's come to the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, who's accepted him as their Lord and Savior and has become the new creation in Christ Jesus. I think all of this, from this breath until the last breath, 
is for two main reasons. One, and the most important one, and which is the sole purpose behind everything, is for the Lord God to reveal himself to us. Um, and who he really is to us and who we really are and the fullness of the relationship and the fullness of the inheritance and the blessing that he has for us as his children. And we talk about knowing the Lord um, and it says we see in part or we, you know, we know in part um, or we see, we see vaguely um, something like that. Um, but we, we talk a lot about having the knowledge of the Lord and the knowledge of God, but none of us have ever seen him, and we won't until the day we step into eternity. But he begins this process of us starting to know him and going on this process of knowing him, um, going on this process of drawing into an intimate relationship with him. And, you know, um, the closer you, you want to be in a relationship with someone, the deeper and the more committed you want to be requires commitment. It requires, um, at times, sacrifice. It requires, okay, I really want to sleep in until 6.15 this morning, but I need to be up at 5 or 5.30 so I can spend some time with the Lord. And doing it every day of the week, nonstop, not because you're trying to prove something to yourself, not because um, you think it'll make you a better Christian, but for the sole purpose that you want to seek his face, that you want to set aside part of your life, um, even though it all belongs to him, but you want to set aside part of your schedule just for him, just to be in his presence, just to seek his face, just to read his word. And, you know, it's those, it's that type of commitment um, that and has a blessing on the end of it and a result being moving into a new level of glory. Um, we're being transformed from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. And, you know, those stages of glory aren't always just, okay, you're here today and you read a scripture, so now you're going to be here tomorrow. No, it's a process. It's the Lord works in you. He teaches you things. The Lord um develops you on the inside. He molds you and shapes you. And then he and then you're sort of tested. Then you have to walk out that which you learn. You have to walk out a life um of faith and obedience to the Lord. And then at a certain point, then you're ready to move on to another stage and a deeper walk with him. And then maybe there's more things you have to let go. Um and you know, the funny thing is, um when we think about our lives um, and we examine our hearts before the Lord, wanting him to m remove anything that's not pleasing to him in our lives and in our own character, um, and we want us wanting to be more like him. And, um, you know, we always start with the big things. And we're like, okay, well, you know, I'm sorry I kicked that person the other day or whatever it is. Um, I just made that one up because I have a five-year-old. Um but, you know, sometimes it's not the big things. Sometimes we get so focused and so caught up with the big things that we miss out on all the little things. Like, um, like I'm trying to think of good examples. Like, um, 
like gossiping or anger or um, hatred or speaking negatively about other people. Um, the really, really small things, even bitterness or unforgiveness, things that really we can overlook because we don't really pay much attention to them. But it's even the small things that can grow into larger ones. Um, when we have unforgiveness in our hearts for someone, whether it was something that someone did in traffic five minutes ago or it's something that happened 20 years ago that we've never really completely let go of it. We've really never forgiven the person for it. And those things stay around in our heart. You know, sooner or later it comes to a point where the Lord will bring those things up and he's like, okay, you know what, now it's time to deal with this. Now it's time to move past this. Now it's time to take my character and and walk like I would walk, walk like the Lord Jesus would walk, and have the same actions that he had upon this earth and that he does have. And um, and then through the walk of faith, through the um, grace of the Lord, we get to the places where he starts removing things in our life. He starts working with us. He starts developing our character um, so that we are more Christ-like. Um, but it'll never be finished. And until the day that we're in eternity with him. I mean, because we're always, all of us are constantly a work in progress. And I think the end result is us, is him revealing himself to us individually. Um, yes, he's revealing himself to us as a corporate body, as the body of Christ, but individually he deals with us as individual people. And that all the things that you go through from the first day you're a Christian, even before that, because we know that the scripture says he's working with us and in us, um, even far before we surrender our lives to him from the first day that we breathe our first bit of air um, after we're born, the Lord immediately is in our life. And... Um, so he's constantly, constantly, constantly working in us, um, revealing himself to us in small little pieces, starting off, and then deeper and deeper and greater and greater and giving us greater revelations and greater visions and greater knowledge and understanding of who he is. Um, you know, it says in Ephesians, um, there's a prayer that we pray a lot. It says that the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened that you would know what is the hope of his calling what are the exceeding riches of his glory of the glory of his inheritance in the saints um, but that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened that you would know what is the hope of his calling and you know we have so many um, preconceived notions about the Lord we have so many things we've been taught in churches whether they're true whether they're not and I'm not saying that churches necessarily teach false things, but I know there's things at times I've heard in church that I didn't necessarily agree with and maybe didn't even think they were actually scriptural. Um, some things are taught not always out of scripture, but some things are taught through tradition alone. And you've got to be careful about tradition because tradition will have you doing something for years and years and years that has absolutely no bearing and no purpose on your walk with the Lord. And so you always have to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, not to um, be negative toward anybody's traditions by any stretch of the imagination, um, and be constantly vigilant in prayer 
that the Lord will work in each individual person and in their heart to bring them into the place that he wants them to be at. Because we're not all at the same place with the Lord. We're not all at the same place in our relationship. I can tell you there's probably multitudes of men and women who come to these broadcasts who have been having have had relationships with the Lord far more than me or Chris. Um and who have seen things that we probably have even not even begun to dream about yet. Um, but he constantly works in each one of us to reveal himself to us. Um through our lives, through the acts, through the the faithfulness he has in our lives, through the the things that we go through where we end up leaning upon him, we end up trusting him, realizing that, okay, we can't do this, but his grace is sufficient and his strength is made perfect in our weakness. And so we gain a measure of faith and trust in the Lord. And then down the road, something else happens. Okay, well, we've already started our basis of faith and trust in the Lord, and so it moves into a greater level of faith and trust in the Lord. And you get to this place sooner or later um, down the road where it's so easy to trust Him. It's so easy to just throw your hands up when there's an issue and be like, okay, God, I trust you. I believe you. I know your word said this. I know your word said this. I have absolutely no ability and no power to make any kind of change and so I'm leaning completely upon you, knowing that you said that your grace is sufficient and your strength is made perfect in our weakness. And, you know, you come to the place sooner or later where you just naturally trust him for everything. And it doesn't mean you're not going to worry off and on. It doesn't mean that you're not going to have doubts. But it means that through your doubts, your faith and your trust in the Lord Jesus and, and his ability to fulfill his word outweighs any doubts and concerns and fears you have. And when you struggle with those times, that's when you go back to the scripture and you pull up the scripture and you read the scriptures um, over and over and over again and you memorize them and you write them down on notepads and note cards and you put them in your car and on your refrigerator and on your desk or wherever. So that when a doubt or a fear comes up, you can go back to the scripture that says um, whatever it is that applies to that specific situation. I mean, if you're worried about something or you're starting to get afraid about your situation, then you go to the scripture that says God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And It's not given a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. You know, I think sometimes we're, <laughs> this is a completely weird side note, but I think sometimes as Christians we spend way too much time in our life afraid when we have no reason to be afraid. I think a lot of times we get so caught up with what everybody else says and what the enemy says and um, what our own emotions and feelings and senses say that we live lives in times of fear, afraid of what we can't control um, because we haven't fully matured in our ability to trust the Lord, which will happen over time um, as far as it's gaining that ability, but it's not an immediate thing. Um, you know, when if you're married, like I am, you know, 
with the first day I met my wife, I didn't immediately have the most amazing trust for her. Um, it took a while of developing a relationship with her and understanding her personality. I mean, I've been married now for, um, I believe, almost two and a half amazing years. And, you know, I still realize on a daily basis that there's so many things I don't know about my wife. And, you know, a relationship with anybody, um, whether they're someone like a spouse or a friend, um, can take a lifetime to really know someone in and out, let alone the creator of all heaven and earth. And so, um, so that brings us back to the original topic, which was that um, the first thing he wants to do is actually reveal himself to us, um, to show us who he really is. And in, and in the process of him revealing himself to us, we start gaining a sense of who we really are. Um, you know, if you're adopted on this earth, um, most children who are adopted sooner or later, they want to meet their birth parents or they want to find out about them. Um, because there's a genealogy, there's history. They want to figure out who are my, I mean, what what um, people, what um, nationality they come from, the cultural aspects of that um, genealogy. Even though you take on the, um, the family name of the family you've been adopted to, but they still want to figure out certain things. And you know, with the Lord... Um, we, when we spend time with him, when we understand who he is, and we get a revelation of who he is, then we start to get a piece of our own, or our own identity. As far as when we know who he is, then we know what he says about us. We start realizing who we really are. You know, we say we're. The Bible says that one manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should become called sons of God, and um, daughters of God for all you women out there. But, um, you know, what does that really mean, sons of God? What does it really mean when it says we're blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ? You know, sometimes we say the scriptures so quickly and we never just stop and meditate on them. We never stop long enough to let the Holy Spirit really give us an insight into what they really mean. But what does it mean to be sons and daughters of the living God? What does it mean that we have been adopted by the King of kings and the Lord of lords? That the God of all heaven and earth has removed us from the realm of darkness and placed us into his kingdom and set his name over us and became our banner. He's become our spokesperson. He's become the label over us that declares who we are. And, you know, it's almost like having a banner that's stretched out over your head. And a big sign, you know, when Jesus was on the cross, they put above his head a sign that said, the King of the Jews, which described him. And the Lord God has put a banner over our lives that said, Pretty much it comes down to this big banner written with the finger of God that says, this one's mine. And it means a lot. 
and we need to understand the revelation of what it means for him to say that we belong to him, that he will never leave us nor forsake us, that he's with us wherever we go, that no matter what we have to go through, no matter what steps um, that we have to go through, no matter how many times we make a mistake and have to go around a mountain for 40 years, or how many times we should have gone left and we go right. It doesn't matter because he'll never leave us, nor, leave us nor forsake us. When we can't do anything, his grace is sufficient and his strength is made perfect in our weakness. And he's right there to deliver us. And when the enemies come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. And when the armies of the enemies are all around us, threatening them to cut us off, knowing that the Word of God declares... Jesus said, I know those who are mine, and the enemy cannot snatch them away. Or then again, when Paul said, In all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor things created, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, or any other thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. And that's our identity in him. That we are children of the Most High God, completely non-dependent on anything we've done up to this point, except for place our trust in Christ. And part of the walk of faith is, yeah, you know, faith at times seems sort of like a cop-out word, because faith and belief can be interjected together. Um. At times, but we have faith not based on the things we see at, at, and the things we necessarily feel, the things we can see with our own eyes, our emotions when we wake up in the morning. But we walk based on our belief in who He is and our faith and what He can do, and that when He made a promise to us that He's going to keep it no matter what, just because it's in His very nature. To keep his promises is in his very nature to be a provider, to be a deliverer, to be a savior, to be a healer. It's the very nature of the Father to do and to be those things. And when we come to the revelation of knowing him from glory to glory, and we go through these walks in our lives, we get a deeper sense and a deeper understanding of those different aspects of his character that relate to the situation we're in. Because, you know, sometimes you need someone to provide for you, and then he's Jehovah Jireh. And then the next week you may need a healing, and so then he becomes Jehovah Rapha, the God, the Lord God who heals, or the Lord our healer. Anyway, this is um, Prayer International Radio, our call-in number. 619-638-8458 We're going to take um, one more break and then we will be back in just a minute. Majesty, worship His majesty, 
eyes are looking in all the earth, Father, a place where you can dwell. Dwell in these hearts tonight, Lord. Draw near to us tonight, Lord. Saturate us in this place, Lord. Rivers of glory. Streams of healing, Lord. Streams of mercy, Lord, for all those who are thirsty tonight. A resting place, Lord. A resting place, Lord. Make this your resting place, Lord. Give me your heart tonight. Lord, we surrender our hearts to you. We surrender our hearts, Lord. Everything that we are, we surrender now, Lord. To you, Jesus. We surrender, Lord.
Hebrews 12.18 says, For you have not come to the mountain that may be touched, and that burn with fire, and to blackness and darkness and tempest, and the sound of a trumpet, and the voice of words, so that those heard it begged that the words should not be spoken to them anymore. For they could not endure what was commanded. And if so much as a beast touches the mountain, it shall be stoned or shot with an arrow. And so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I am exceedingly afraid and trembling. But you have come to the Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn, who are registered in heaven, to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. See that you do not refuse him who speaks, for if they did not escape who refused him who spoke on earth, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth, but now he has promised, saying, Yet once more I shall shake not only earth, but also heaven. Now this, yet once more, indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken, as of things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace, by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. And that's pretty much about as real as it's going to get. Our God is an all-consuming fire. A jealous God who desires our intimacy, who desires relationship above all things. He desires for you to know him, who desires for you to seek after him, who desires your voice, who desires your prayers, who desires your presence. He desires to have you have all of us come into his presence and to spend time with him. He desires us to believe him. Desires us to come to the fullness of the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. The fullness of the knowledge of the mystery of Jesus Christ in this earth. You know what he really desires? He desires you. More than we could ever possibly comprehend. More than we could ever possibly understand. Of all the mysteries in the known universe, the millions of stars and solar systems and planets and He desires you. Of all of creation, we are considered a special people, a royal priesthood, 
called children of the Most High God, declared righteous before the King, declared perfect before the Father through the blood of Jesus Christ, not of yourself, as it says in Ephesians, for it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And that says as real as it gets, as he desires you, not just parts of you, but all of you, your heart, your soul, your mind, your body, every bit of it. He wants you just as you are. You know, I said earlier that um, when all this is said and done, the main purpose is this, to come to the knowledge of him, for us to have the revelation of who he really is, for him to reveal himself to us, to reveal that he is the loving God, to reveal that he is a provider, that he is a protector, that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. The Bible declares he desires obedience and not sacrifice. And the biggest step of obedience is to seek his face. To have the number one focus in your life not be your job or whatever, but to be him. To inquire after him in his holy temple. As David said, one thing I have desired that I may dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And then, and then again where David said he has become my exceedingly great reward. Everything else, the miracles, the signs and wonders, all that other stuff is real. And in faith, we see it happen all the time. But when it comes down to it, that's all secondary. To bring him glory and honor. For because of the compassion the Lord has that we in return through him have upon everyone else. But everything points to him whether it's someone being healed or salvation or whatever it is. The result of every prayer is to bring glory and honor to the Lord Jesus Christ so that men may come to know him. The Bible says the goodness of God leads men to repentance. And he showers his love upon us in such abundance that we could never contain it. So this is Prayer International Radio. If you need prayer in the next few minutes, our call in number 619-638-8458. Chris took tonight off um, because he's had a long week and uh, so we missed his opening song, which we normally play. Um, and as always, I would much rather um, spend time worshiping the Father, just spending time in His presence than anything else. 
and you know, um, I said it before um, the other day, and it's true. Um, I could preach the best message and have the most inspired teaching words, but a few minutes in His presence says so much more. The revelation, you know, I've in my life I've. I couldn't even tell you how many hundreds of thousands of messages and sermons I've heard. Some which were unbelievable and in a good way. Some which were um, actually boring. And I've had people explain revelations that the Holy Spirit's given them through the Word of God. That for days I was completely in awe of the revelation. Until I got my first revelation of my own through the Holy Spirit. Through, until I started seeking out the Holy Spirit, having Him reveal the Scriptures to me. Asking for Him to make the Word become alive. Just me and Him. For Him to take me and teach me the Word. To take the Word and through it to show me the Lord Jesus Christ. As the man who came up to the disciples said, Sir, we, sirs, we wish to see Jesus. And when you get your own revelation from him and when you start hearing his voice and he starts speaking to you and you can discern his voice and you allow the Holy Spirit to start developing your spiritual ears to hear his voice and through faith and obedience you start following his words and he reveals more to you well those revelations will change your entire life because when you hear a word directly from the Lord <laughs> excuse me it'll change everything your life will never be the same once you've heard from him so we're going to um probably in the broadcast, which still has 15 minutes with some worship music. Um, we'll still be here. Call in number 619-638-8458. If you need prayer for anything, give us a call. And um, we'll be back tomorrow night at 10 o'clock. I have no idea what we're going to talk about, um, but we never do. We just leave it up to the Holy Spirit. And whichever way he goes, we go. And so we'll be praying for you. And um, so, yeah, for the next 15 minutes, y'all have a good night. And we'll be here until then.
Yeah. 